You're, You're listening, listening to, to Death, Death Metal, Metal Disco. Disco. Disco podcast, or good afternoon, or good evening, whenever the fuck you're listening to this. I'm James. I am your host. Um, it is 6 a.m. on November 11th, the year of our Lord 2023. I have no idea why I decided that at 4:30 in the morning, um, after going to bed at one o'clock, that I needed to wake up and probably just record an episode or two. Um, so that's what I'm gonna do. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a couple months looking at my outline. It was saved on September 17th with the episode I'm recording right now. So you're welcome for my delayed productivity. Uh, sorry for my absence. Thank you for coming back. Um, if you're new here, thank you for checking me out. Thank you for whoever told you to check me out or however you found it. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, whatever. Uh, Apple Music, or not Apple Music, well, Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck it's called, whatever your podcasting of choices, if you're unfamiliar with the Death Metal Disco podcast, uh, basically I sit here and I ramble into this microphone, that guy, and it could be about uh, movies, music, personal things like a dear diary, um, work, occasionally travel, since I travel for work, food, I do like food, um, and maybe every now and then you'll hear me mention titties. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't intend to, usually. So when I typed out the outline for this episode, and yeah, sometimes I do some planning, um, I had just seen The Nun 2, um, Electric Boogaloo, and The Equalizer 3. And that's what I was going to talk about in this episode. And that's still what I'm going to talk about in this episode. And uh, it's going to be magical and beautiful. And uh, spoiler alerts. Uh, not for The Equalizer, but for The Nut. I've seen some other movies. A bunch of movies, actually. Um, and I can't remember any of them at this point. I have to go back and look. So maybe that's a different episode. But for now, I'm just going to stick with these. So anyway, welcome back to the Death Metal Disco Podcast. All right, so like I said, The Equalizer 3, the third of the Equalization movies, The Equalizer, Denzel Washington. I forgot to look up and see how old Denzel is now. He's got to be in his 60s, um, late 50s, early 60s, I would think. Uh, but the dude is still awesome. He will always be awesome. Uh, probably my favorite Denzel movie, Man on Fire. Mm, that's probably my favorite. Although these Equalizer movies, they are uh, they are a close second as a as a whole as a, as a trio. Um, but the the Man on Fire, great fucking movie. I love Man on Fire, and I love the dynamic that him and Dakota Fanning had in Man on Fire. And uh, yeah, Man on Fire is awesome. I'm a, if you know me and you know my my cinematic tastes, I'm a big big fan of uh vengeance movies like main character loses somebody you know the whole reason behind why they go off on how they do and those vengeance movies really really i i just 
I just love them. And Man on Fire is one of those. And just the whole overall story. There's some things about Man on Fire I don't like, but it is probably my favorite Denzel movie, followed closely by either these Equalizer movies or The Falling. Or The Fall-In. Yeah, The Fall-In. Um, which I forgot was, I think, the first movie that he did with John Goodman. And that came out in the late 90s. And that's a excellent movie. If you haven't seen The Fallen, I recommend The Fallen very highly. That's a great movie. It's more of a horror um, horror thriller than anything. It's not uh, not the typical Denzel movie. Um, horror mystery, maybe, I guess. Maybe not even a horror, per se, but The Fallen. You should check out The Fallen if you haven't. Maybe it's just Fallen. I think it's Fallen. I always add the the in there. I don't think there's a the. So like I said, it's just after six now. And Loki, my cat, uh, for those of you who don't know, she's here demanding attention. So I'm petting her. And maybe we'll get some purring into this here episode. She gets her little adorable face close enough to the microphone. Maybe we will. Maybe. Anyway, um, so the Equalizer movies. I don't remember what year the first one came out. I didn't look that up. Like I said, I did some prep work, but I don't do a bunch. I'm not that cool. Um, the first one came out, I want to say right around the same time the first John Wick movie did, or maybe a year after. Um, I'm going to say a year or two after. The thing I liked about the first one is that, and I, I read that this was a thing Denzel decided on, and we probably just had another active shooter or something right before they started making it. But he didn't want to use guns in it. And at this point, you've probably seen the Equalizer, at least the first one. Um, but it's based on an old TV show. It's not based on It's basically there was an old TV show called The Equalizer where a former government operative basically tries to help normal everyday people um, who have fallen in with the wrong crowds or get their lives together, uh, maybe grew up in gang territory, yada, yada, yada. Um, but the movie carries that same torch, and that's that's kind of where it picks up. So government operative retires, basically, from, you know, they never say which government agency, but it's safe to assume, like, CIA special ops, you know, kill a person in three seconds, whatever, um, retires and then tries to live a normal life out of retirement or in retirement, I guess, and struggles to sleep, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, notices cause he's a trained observer that people around him, people he starts to care about to some degree, at least, um, maybe have fallen upon hard times courtesy of other people, or maybe they're business owners and they're getting uh, the shakedown from the mob or, you know, whatever, uh, that type of thing. So, and he tries to balance that out, hence the name The Equalizer. And he uses some very specific sets of skills that he's acquired over many years that make him a nightmare for people like them. Um, um, but yeah, in the first one, he didn't want to use guns. He wanted them all the stunt coordinators and everything and the writers to think of creative ways to do the violence without 
the normal gunfire weaponry. Um, and not even normal things like knives for the most part. Uh, I do think there was a knife fight now that I think about it towards the end of it. But, um, you know, it was it was definitely, definitely, I think, more interesting because it wasn't just huge battle scenes for the most part. And it wasn't just endless barrages of gunfire, you know, like John Wick or any of that. It was much more creative and it was much quieter because of that. So, you know, one scene I want to say was in a warehouse. It's been years since I've watched it. Um, the The climax of the movie is the team of people coming after him. And I want to say it takes place in like the store warehouse because if I recall correctly, he's working at like a grocery store. Um it takes place there and it's it's mostly quiet and dark and you know a lot of silent deaths are happening that's what i really liked about the first one the second one or not the second one but the thing i did not like about the first one is the whole reason the equalizer exists like the helping others aspect there's there's a way to do it that doesn't come off so cheesy and i think and i i think if it was still the tv show they that probably would have worked better like the way it was done and it was done very much in the same vibe as the tv show which you know one i haven't there is there is a tv show i think queen latifah plays the equalizer um in the show but it's, you know, an episode is, oh, hey, Bill has a problem. And now the equalizer is going to go handle that shit on the down low. And then, hey, Bill's problem's been rectified and Bill's a happy person at the end. And that's kind of how all of the, not all of it, but most of the stuff with the first equalizer was, was every scene or reason that Denzel had to go enact violence upon people ended with that cheesy, in my opinion, uh, cheesy feel good of the satisfaction of knowing that, you know, the little old lady got her diamond ring back or what have you, um, or that so-and-so got into the police academy, even though as far as physical fitness goes, he probably shouldn't have ever even been considered because he wasn't. Uh, or for, and it wasn't even police academy, it was security guard now that I think about it. So maybe he's fine. Um, it just, it just, I think carried over too much of that, the original TV show, which I never saw, um, the original TV shows, cheesy, Hey, we're ending the episode type of vibe. That's what I didn't like about the first episode or the first, uh, movie of the, the trio. I did like just how creative they were with everything else about it, though. And Denzel. Denzel's just smooth. Denzel's amazing. Like, is he my favorite actor? No, but he's top five easy. Um, even though he's basically himself in damn near every movie. Training Day, probably one of his... Uh... Actually, that that's, that's in my top five Denzel movies, too. But that's probably the character that... I think set him apart from every other character because he never gets to really play the bad guy. And uh, I think he did a phenomenal job. I love it when p actors who typically play good guys end up playing the bad guy because uh, they usually do really 
really good job of doing so. Um, John Travolta, when he did Face Off, he, he was fucking phenomenal as as the bad guy. Obviously, Heath Ledger, you know, he played not really good guys, not heroes per se, but definitely more heroic characters than what he did for the Joker. And he was just bomb diggity in fucking the dark Knight. He was a phenomenal. He won a posthumous Grammy for that or not Grammy posthumous Oscar for that shit. And, uh, yeah, too bad. He was super dead, but he did phenomenal in that role. And I think anytime an actor who gets seemingly typecast as the good guy, or especially if they, as an actor, um, are always like, oh yeah, he's the, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. As an actor, as a person, when they can play a bad guy so fucking well, that's that's always cool to me. The second one was better. Um, had some stuff in it too. What I liked is that they brought guns. Um, that kind of just came. Like I don't know if that was a. I'm obviously somebody's like, hey, we gotta we gotta bring some guns back. We gotta. We can't come up with all these creative kills all the time. They probably could have if they really wanted to. But, I mean, obviously, guns are a thing. But the way the story progressed is he was being basically roped back in um, and had to take care of some bigger bigger bad guys. And when that happens, you probably just need guns at that point. And it was uh, a lot more aggression and a lot more violence in the movie as far as action violence goes. And just action in general. Um, way more tension. Way less cheese. I I think that the cheese factor, they saved it for the last... Eh, it was it, There was some cheesiness throughout, but it was way reduced compared to the first one. And I think that, for me, just felt better. Um, it's one thing to do that, that helping others you know, cheesy perspective thing, but to make it feel like it's, I don't know, it just, it's like watching videos of people opening Christmas presents, but in a commercial, that's, that's kind of how I equate it. Like, it's just, it's just not genuine to me. Um, but the second one, they, they reduced it, um, and made it, you know, the killing and stuff, all the violence was still super creative, fight choreography, all that good stuff was, was really, really creative, um, not as hardcore as like John Wick type of gunplay or anything like that, but the just the stuff that they do where, you know, his character is known for timing himself to see if he's, you know, keeping up with his own standards. How long is it going to take me to handle this room of bad bad guys? Um I feel like that that that's a pretty cool thing to do. And they did a great job. I loved the second one. And the third one, the third one, the newest one, uh, came out in, I believe September, uh, was just fucking great. Uh, it was so, so good. First of all, I've never, ever, ever wanted to go to Italy as much as I did after watching that movie. So it takes place in Italy, in a town in Italy. I can't remember what the town's name called is called, uh, but it is a real town after Googling it. The town was awesome. It's somewhere near the Naples Naples area from what uh, what the movie made it look like is that it was like right next door to Naples. In real life, it's not... I don't know. I didn't look to see the distance on there, but looking at the map, not very close to Naples at all. 
They also made it seem like it's near the the Mediterranean, um, but it looked like it was very much smack dab in the middle of the country, very inland. Uh, but it it looked beautiful, and I don't know if they shot it there and just used the town name, um, or what the deal was, or if they shot it in Naples because if it's anywhere near the Mediterranean and if it's in that whatever they used on camera was phenomenal. And if that place is real, because I'm sure it is. Because uh, Anton Anton Fuqua, Antoine Fuqua, he, that he likes to be, he's a location guy. It just looked really good, looked really beautiful, and like I said, I've wanted to go to Italy, but I've never wanted to go so badly as I did when I was walking out of that theater. The theme of the third one was a little bit eh, on the nose for me. It was, you know, Italian mafia. Dun dun dun. Just seemed. Eh. Really, that's how you're going to go with it. But okay, whatever. Um, small town being terrorized by the mob. That's essentially what it was. And he goes to retire somewhere nice and beautiful and get out of this life of violence. And then they just pull him right back in. And uh, they did a great job with it. It was... You feel like... You really root for all the characters in it, it, at least I was, because everybody that was in it, even though there's still some of that cheese factor, got to keep some of that cheese, you root for all of them because you want them to win. Oh, hello, Loki. What are you doing? Loki says hi to everybody. Well, to me. She doesn't know what's happening because uh, she's a cat. So, But you want them to win, and... You're not sure where it's going to go based on some other things like getting the uh, Interpol and I think the FBI involved and this, that, and the other. But um, the opening scene of that movie, I think, is probably the best out of all of them. And it, it's probably one of my favorite out of a lot of movies, actually. Uh, but it was it was great. I really loved it. They reduced the cheese factor a lot and saved it for like the last 10 minutes if that uh the ultimate cheese factor but uh what i really liked is that dakota fanning was in it um she's an adult she, she's all grown up now i don't even know i forgot to look and see how old she is but it was good to see them in a movie uh together and you know there's no sequel to man on fire because his character died or at least it, it implied that he was definitely going to in man on fire but uh it was good to see them together in a movie, and especially one that is like the Equalizer could have been a prequel to Man on Fire before he became the private bodyguard type of thing, even though they never ever allude to any of that in in this movie. But it, you know, I mean, you could theoretically go that direction if you wanted to. Um, what are timelines anyway? Marvel Universe has... Ruined timelines for everyone. But it was good to see them. And I don't know. I I think that Dakota Fanning might might have been a better actor when she was a kid. But, you know, it's nice to see her acting. So The Equalizer. If you haven't seen the third one, highly recommend it. If you haven't seen any of them, I do recommend all of them. Um, in order, if you can, just so you get the whole timeline. Or at least the first one before the second one. Uh, just because it'll help. So we also saw The Nun 2, and by we, I mean Chris and I. Uh, we do the AMC A-list thing. 
which is like $23 a month, something like that. I got cat hair in my nose. So we do the AMC stubs thing each. Um, you see, I mean, you can see three movies a week with that, and there's no restriction on that, really. Uh, and that pays for itself very quickly. Even if you see two movies in a month, that essentially pays for it because movies are expensive these days. Because everything's fucking expensive these days. Um, but we sell the nun, the second nun. I may have talked about the first nun on here. I can't remember. Uh, I know I've talked about the nun character from The Conjuring 2, which I really thoroughly loved. I thought it was probably one of the best horror characters in recent history, if not the best or my favorite, I should say. That and maybe Art the Clown from uh, Terrifier. I think those are both icons now. Um, and I was sad about how the first Nun movie turned out. Like it just, I had really high hopes for that. And that might be why, you know, I was just let down because I had high hopes, which is possible. Uh, but the Nun in The Conjuring 2, awesome. The Nun in The Nun, Awesome still, the character, but the movie itself wasn't good. It wasn't very good. It was kind of meh. Eh, it wasn't bad. I didn't hate it. It was just meh. The Nun 2 had some points in it that I liked. Uh, I, I liked it more than I liked the first Nun movie. Um, far from great, in my opinion. Had Had some cool things. I think they did far too much with... Okay, so some spoilers. I think they did far too much with some of the CG um, as far as the demon character of the nun. Uh, they didn't even say it in this one. The character or the demon Valak, if I recall correctly, is the what the nun is supposed to be. Um, I liked the story. I liked how they had the story progress and how... You know, they brought a call back to the first one because it is a sequel to The Nun. Um, I think they did a good job with that. And the acting was pretty good. And I can't remember the girl's name. She's the the uh, supporting actress next to uh, Thaisa. Can't remember her name at all. Saw her in another movie or maybe it was The Last of Us. I think she was in The Last of Us. Um, shit, can't remember her name. I have to look it up. Um, but she's a she's a good actress and she's young. Um but she she did a good job being kind of like the smart ass. She's sent to nunnery school or whatever the fuck it's called. Um and it's not really her wish, but uh Thaisa Farmesia, I, I think that's how you say her last name. I'm pretty sure Thaisa is how she says her first name, how it's pronounced. I read saw that in a YouTube video recently. Um, she's a pretty good actress. I think her sister Vera, who's in, you know, all the Conjuring movies and stuff, I think she's a lot better, but, uh, first thing I saw Taiza in was The Final Girls, which is a great movie if you like horror comedies, which I do. Fucking love The Final Girls. Um, but both the lead, the lead girls, the lead ladies, they did great, um, in their characters. 
The story, like I said, was pretty good for the most part. Just the stuff with the nun. They had a couple of good jump scares. Uh, the thing that I enjoyed about this was sitting next to me was this... Uh, I don't even know how old she was. She wasn't probably wasn't that much older than me and Chris, but uh, maybe in her 50s, her and her husband. And other than the fact she was reacting to goddamn just about everything that was happening, like actually saying things like, oh, no, oh, don't do it. Oh, Lord, no. Oh, praise Jesus. Like she was literally commenting on just about everything. Um, She actually commented on my voice, too, which was, you know, that's always nice. I don't get mad about that. But she some of the jump scares, they had a couple of jump scares that were good, like would have made me jump just a little bit at least. Right. But they made this chick jump so bad. She scared the shit out of me. And that was pretty funny because like the jump scare was was decent, right? It was good enough to, you know, at least make me flinch a little bit. But then her reaction is what made me actually freak out just a lot more. And that was that was funny, at least. So there's that. But the nun, too, like if you're a fan of the nun as a character, as a horror, you know, character, then see the nun, too. See, see both of them. Because the nun, you know, is the origin. Nun 2 is a follow-up on that. And I don't remember the... I want to say it's within the same year as the first one. Um, but then going into the end of it is when it starts getting towards what happens with The Conjuring 2. So it... Uh, oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Um, but yeah, it's it wasn't... I liked it more than the first one. Didn't hate it. Liked it more than the first one, which I didn't hate. But it, it had some points that it could have been, you know, these these studios, they're like, oh, hey, we got a we got a good one on our hands. Let's go and fucking bust out a movie real quick. I still think they did a much better job, and I think they put more effort into the nun stuff with The Conjuring 2 where they introduced her. So whatever. Go see those movies. I'm keeping this episode relatively short. I'm not going to go on any other movie rant about anything because I honestly can't remember what else I had seen. I know there was a couple movies in there, um, but I didn't put them on this uh, outline thing that I did two months ago, and I'm just going to finish it because it's now 6.30. I have another episode I'm going to (laughs) record, so that's what I'm going to do. Keep this a little bit shorter and uh, try and get a couple more episodes cranked out before the end of the year, uh, as I said I would try to do, instead of being a huge, lazy slacker. So I appreciate you coming by, giving me a listen. If you can, give me a follow on the social media, on the Twitter, if you or X or whatever the fuck it's called. I'm at Death Disco Pod on Instagram, at Death Metal Disco Podcast. Well, I think it's at Death, Death Metal Disco Pod. Um, yeah, I'll have a link in the Spotify or in the, uh, description for the podcast. Every episode has that same link to merch and all that good shit. So I appreciate you coming by. Love you all. Be safe. Uh, take care of each other and yourselves. And thank you for Jerry Springer for saying things like that. So I could plagiarize him. All right. Be good. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank Thank you for listening to Death Metal Disco. Disco.